Hello and welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and to overcome disordered eating. I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Food Freedom Coach, and I'm really excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So today I'm really excited to let you know that this is my 20th episode. So it's still a fledgling podcast, but definitely not a tiny baby anymore. So thank you to everyone who's been listening over the weeks and also for all your kind feedback. I really appreciate it. And do send me a direct message on Instagram or let me know in the comments below if there's a particular topic that you'd like to have covered in the future. And just to let you know, I've got several more guests lined up. And so do stay tuned for those episodes. Today, I want to talk to you about dealing with feelings and understanding why you may use food as a coping strategy. Because if you're struggling with disordered eating, you may well struggle to deal with your emotions in a healthy way. It's very common. And this is usually not a conscious decision. But we know that restriction, dieting, binge eating, or over-exercising, or other eating disorder behaviours are often ways to numb emotions or distract from them. Because these behaviours leave you very preoccupied with food and your body and not able to think about too much else. So this can be a coping strategy. So if difficult things have happened in your life, or you're feeling unhappy, or there are problems in your relationships, then disordered eating can protect and keep you safe. It's almost like being in a bubble. You're a bit disconnected from the world and you're just kind of in control of food. But although this can feel safe and there are many drawbacks to this, it helps you keep behind a protective wall and not dealing with some of the emotions that might be a bit overwhelming to face. So, and it actually creates more problems as time goes on. You know, what initially starts off perhaps as an an effective coping strategy quickly um, does become something very different that becomes quite destructive and unhelpful. So I want to stress that using disordered eating to cope is often really unconscious. And you might become adept at distracting or avoiding from feeling your feelings and you don't even realize you're doing it. And there might be some reasons for this. So possibly you may not have had the support early in life or around a stressful time that you were going through to help you process feelings in a healthy way. And this isn't to blame caregivers because sometimes life is just very stressful and there's so much going on and people just can't be as emotionally available as we need them to be. I find as well that it's quite common that when people come into therapy, They don't even realize sometimes they have a problem with dealing with emotions. They might just know that something's not quite right, but they can't really understand exactly what. So think as well, it's quite common that you have the assumption that underneath an eating disorder is deep trauma or a really dramatic event. And of course, this is certainly true for some people. However, it's actually much more common that it's more the drip drip impact of various factors over the years um, which adds up to creating problems and it might be things that don't seem like a particularly big deal at face value but these factors are actually a big deal when you add them all together. So if from very young you weren't able to talk openly about how you were feeling maybe in your family 
um, because maybe there wasn't an adult around who could listen to help you name your feeling and also guide you in soothing it, then you can't expect this is going to come naturally. So, and it's worth saying as well that you can come from a really kind and loving family who showed you a lot of care and love. But this can be quite confusing too, because you might think, well, there was nothing wrong with my upbringing. You know, my parents were already supportive. I had everything I ever needed. However, the emotional bit sometimes can be missing. Okay. So a point of reflection for you is to think back to a time in your life when you felt upset or alone or sad. So really try and sort of think back to that memory and, you know, imagine yourself back there and really sort of think about what it felt like then. So were you able to get support from the people around you? Now, I guess this is quite crucial because of as human beings, when we're upset, we really do need helpful support to help us work through our emotions because our emotions are there for a reason. They're letting us know that we're distressed or upset or whatever it is. They're not just going to go away. So say if I feel sad, I might cry. I might phone my closest friend and talk about what made me sad. And hopefully, you know, she'll listen to my upset, she'll empathise, she'll ask open questions so I can talk it through. And if I see her face to face, she might even give me a hug out of COVID or just be with me. So from this, I'm going to feel better because I'm expressing my sadness and I'm naming the feeling. I'm also exploring why I'm feeling sad and I'm getting some relief from doing this. So you might be listening and thinking, well, that doesn't fix the problem. But actually, if you think about it, when we're looking to kind of express our emotions, we're often not looking for fixing. We're needing just to feel heard. And feeling that we've been heard is the important bit. So expressing an emotion also allows us to move on rather than getting kind of stuck in it. So if I'm upset, I might have a good cry for a while but it's unlikely that I'll cry for 24 hours solid, perhaps unless there's been like a really sad bereavement or something that's been incredibly distressing. But for many things, I might just be kind of upset temporarily um, and I might kind of move on from that. But just imagine if I phoned up my friend and she said to me, just think positive, you know, worse things happen to other people. Um, and of course, this is when I've just like poured my heart out and kind of expressed my deepest sadness and emotion. Now, if my friend's just saying to me, just think positive, worse things happen to other people, I'm probably going to feel quite guilty for having that feeling, aren't I? I'm probably going to think, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this. You know, it's true. Other people do feel worse. Or if she started to tell me about her own problems, so I didn't really get to talk about my upset. You know, she might say, oh, yes, you know, I remember when that happened to me and oh, and this happened and, you know, go off and tell a story. Um, but if that happened, you know, if I'm looking to my friend to really listen and support me in the situation, I'm going to feel then that my problems aren't really that important. Or what if she suddenly became more upset than me as she was so worried about me? So then I might feel I needed to look after her. So again, I'm not able to express my upset. And this would just be kind of glossed over because, you know, if we're looking for someone to support us and then they get really upset, we might feel, oh, no, I, I'm a burden. You know, when I talk about my feelings and um, other people can't deal with them, I'm too much. So we might think, oh, I, I mustn't do this. 
Or, you know, what about if my friend ignored the problem and tried to change the subject? I'd feel really invalidated by that, wouldn't I? You know, I'm trying to talk about my my feelings here and, you know, I'm just not going to feel heard. I'm going to feel that she's not interested. So in all those instances, I'm not going to feel great. I'm not going to feel heard or listened to. I might think, well, I'm not going to do that again. That wasn't very helpful. So the next time I feel sad, I might keep it to myself. You know, maybe I have a glass of wine to numb the feelings. I might just try and pretend it didn't happen. You know, I don't have feelings. I don't care. I might just try and put on a kind of pleasing front. You know, everything's fine. You know, it doesn't bother me. Um, I might start to use food. And if I'm really bottling up a lot of feelings, I might venture into self-harm behaviours. But this doesn't actually help me deal with the sadness. You know, all those things I've just talked about, they're kind of short-term fixes to try and put a sticky plaster over the feeling. But the feeling sad would still be there. And I think the tricky thing with emotional coping is that often we really want to be able to be supported by good friends or caregivers. I mean, it's a really natural thing, isn't it? As human beings, you know, as a little child growing up, you say want to be supported and you kind of expect that the people around you that supposedly love you are going to be able to support you in a helpful way. So when the caregivers are around us, perhaps when they don't respond helpfully, we can become really self-blaming and believe there is something inherently wrong with us. Um, particularly if disordered eating started for you in your teens or earlier, then you're still developing and learning about the world. And if you don't get the right support in learning to deal with your emotions, then the disordered eating gets more of a grip and becomes the known way to kind of get through. Again, I'm not trying to kind of really break carers. You know, I'm a parent myself and I know I often get it wrong. And you know, I think in the main, carers are often doing the best they can. That's not true in all cases, but I think in the majority of cases, people are doing the best they can. And I guess a parent who's never had their own feelings validated and heard is going to find this so hard to do for their child because it's almost like a, a language that they never learned. Okay, so they don't even realise perhaps that they're not doing it. But the good news is you can learn to develop a healthy relationship with your emotions. And if you feel a long way off from this, where you'd like to be at the moment, you know, you might need to have some therapy because um, if you've been bottling up emotions for years, when you first start to take the lid off those emotions, it might feel all a bit overwhelming to deal with on your own. So it can be really helpful to get some support in doing that. Because I guess in therapy, um, you know, hopefully in most cases, your therapist is going to be someone who offers you a safe space. Um, and time where you can actually start to begin to think about your feelings, express your feelings, and do this openly, where you know in a way you're with someone who's gonna to listen to you, who's not gonna judge you, and is gonna let you bring all the feelings. And that's sometimes quite hard to do with the people closest to us in our lives, because sometimes they can just be a bit too close, and they want to be helpful, but they're just too close to be able to be helpful. But day to day as well, you can begin this journey yourself. So one of the things to be able to start to feel your emotions a bit more is to start to slow down a bit because often people that are very good at avoiding their emotions are constantly busy and doing, 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 doing. So in a way they don't get chance to feel. Um, and that could be through like disordered eating or over-exercising or binging or but it could be through overwork or 
other things as well, other things that we can use to numb or distract from our feelings. So one way to help with this as well is you could start to do a journal, um, you know, just just write down anything that comes out and uh, out of your mind really just get it down onto paper thoughts and feelings yeah just get that get it out if you have someone close to you who's a really good friend and who's a good listener you know you could talk to that friend as well and hopefully as well you know with our friendships that can be a bit of a two-way process if you find someone who's a really you know if you've got a really good friend hopefully sometimes you can listen to them and sometimes they can listen to you and that's a kind of reciprocal support you could practice meditation as well and there are lots of ways of doing this and you know that could be a whole nother podcast but really often with meditation it's about just kind of slowing down and kind of being quiet and just starting to be more aware of your thoughts and to kind of you know be able to kind of listen more to yourself and if you find the idea of sort of traditional meditation quite challenging, sometimes even just kind of going for a walk or having some quiet time or having a pause in your day can be a really good time to be able to do that. So you might feel really scared about touching base with your emotions a bit more. You might worry that your emotions will be overwhelming or too much. Now, if you bottled up your emotions for a long time, you might experience more of an outpouring to begin with. You know, I remember myself crying a lot in my own therapy to begin with. I remember like really not liking it at the time. It felt really uncomfortable, really kind of overwhelming, almost like, am I going to feel like this forever? Really kind of, it was quite painful, but I guess it was also really healing. And over time, actually, I started to feel much better because I wasn't holding all that inside anymore. So it's healthy, though, to let our emotions out. Keeping them locked away is not beneficial. And once you release emotions more healthily, they don't tend to build up into these massive volcanoes waiting to erupt. You know, they tend to ebb and flow in a much more manageable way. And interestingly, allowing yourself to experience more sadness and upset and anger and negativity also allows you to experience more joy, happiness and excitement. Because when you cut off from your emotions, it leaves you emotionally numb. So you tend to be a kind of a bit numb from everything. So have a ponder. How do you deal with your feelings? Have a think about why this might be so. Reflect on your early relationships and how people around you responded to your feelings. And think about how you can begin to develop a healthier relationship with your feelings going forward. So if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the Food Freedom Coach. And for regular tips and insights into overcoming disordered eating, do sign up for weekly articles on my blog page at foodfreedomcoach.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.